Okay, AW Dynamite episode from 16th of September 2020. I wanted to skip some parts from this episode and, you know, make it another 5 minutes or 10 minutes one. But I don't think it's gonna be the case. Maybe it's gonna be around 20 minutes like the previous one. Because just looking through every single segment on the show, there was no really useless one. Now knowing the next episode, the next Wednesday night episode, I know that, for example, Private Party versus uh, Hager and Jericho match was important for the story, so I should talk about the match and the segment at least a little bit. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm gonna read my notes about what happened in the match or what what happened, you know, at Dynamite overall, and gonna give you some comments about it, not actually digging down deep, unless that's something that really touched me or made me very invested. So again, it's gonna be somewhat of a typical play-by-play review, but not really deep diving into what happened in the match like WrestleTalk or JD doing their podcast. So... Just a quick, you know, summarizing of what happened in the match, who won, and what did I thought of this. And let's start with FTR versus Jurassic Express. But before the match can start, we see the Jurassic Express already in the ring. But who is there? <gasps> it's Young Bucks. What are they doing here? Oh, they are super kicking another referee. Previous week it was Marves. This week is a referee and then they just went straight to the back to the Tony Khan throw money at him and went right through FDR who were cheering them and screaming like oh what is wrong guys how have you been what what's that all about you know just taking a piss out of them for obvious reason because they are a sneaky fucking bastards that's who they are but then they came out and had incredibly good match against Jurassic Express. And this been a third week where I'm praising Jurassic Express. Previous week with their match against Lucha Bros. That was fun. Um, week before, one of the best matches of All Out against the Young Bucks. And now... Very interesting match against FTR because FTR were trying to keep Jungle Boy in the ring, not let him tag uh, Luchasaurus, playing more of an old school, you know, typical FTR, typical old school wrestling, trying to hit certain part of the body type of wrestling. And I really enjoyed this match. You know, hot tags from Luchasaurus, some sneaky attacks from FTR, Jungle Boy trying to pick up the victory by using a lot of roll-ups in the last segment of the match. So much good stuff happened that it was really impressive. Not like I expected the bad match from FTR and Jurassic Express, but you know, you would think maybe Jurassic Express are a little bit tired or something like this lines. But no, it was a great match, and it ended with Luchasaurus flying through, you know, the fans, well, fans, uh, wrestlers who are 
aka fans cheering and booing certain people in the ring he fly right through them when Dex Howard pushed Cash Wheeler out of the way and then a Jungle Boy tried to roll up like three times in a row Cash Wheeler once again or Dex Howard but then Cash Wheeler shoves Jungle Boy that lets Dax Howard makes his own roll up and by holding hands Cash Wheeler and Dax Howard do not let Jungle Boy kick out so referee didn't see any influence from the outside but because of this FTR have won they still have zero loses or draws in their record but again Jungle Boy and Jurassic Express in general they don't feel like losers they feel like a major threat that in the future can be the next tag team champions and Jungle Boy can be the next TNT or AEW world champion once again I've been saying this since God knows when but I guess a lot of people started talking about this since double or nothing with their incredible match against MJF and Jungle Boy but then we clearly saw the potential that those guys have that they will be the future of AEW without a doubt then we had a segment where Matt Hardy was laid out on the ground and private party were shocked they were saying that they just turned around and now they see Matt Hardy laying with the near broken leg and who comes out of course Jake Hager and Chris Jericho poking fun of Matt Hardy saying that he's not the luckiest man on earth that he was last week something I didn't touch in my review I'm pretty sure Matt Hardy cut a promo where he said that he's fine there was no concussion after all out and he needs some time to come back and be stronger better than ever but you know what it was a good promo I just completely forgot that it happened last week my bad I didn't put this on previous review I'm putting it here uh, we obviously know that Jurassic uh, that uh, private party and hangman Jericho will have their match on this show so it's a nice build towards this match and towards next week and the week after very good long-term booking then we have one of the best matches of the night and if not the main event that would easily be my match of the night it was Frankie Kazarian versus Hangman Adam Page with Kenny Omega on commentary which played a big part of the story where Kenny Omega was basically praising Frankie Kazarian also praising Hangman Page but whenever Hangman was about to lose or was visibly tired he was nearly poking fun of him saying that oh in a tag team he would try to give a tag right now or when we were a team I recognize this time of the match he's burned out he's no longer can handle this pressure he needs some time to rest but it was made very sudden you know like oh he, he says this and then immediately he's praising him when he's on, a, uh, on an offense once again and Excalibur you know put over the fact that you're nearly laughing that uh, that Hangman nearly lost and he was like no 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 you're thinking I'm just saying the obvious facts and that was brilliant I'm telling you not only this Kenny Omega on commentary 
storytelling continuation, but also the match was fucking perfect. It was two men just showing what they're able to do, putting everything that they can. It was brilliant, like, we're constantly saying that Christopher Daniels should have more screen time because he's that good, but we also need to say that Frankie Kazarian can still go. He is old when it comes to wrestling, but Jesus Christ, he's incredible in the ring. He showed great offense, and how Mira said in one of his streams, it was a near 5-star match. Of course, it wasn't, but it was very good. And Hangman Page picked up a victory after a very long match. It was like 12 minutes to 15 minutes. Where, again, they showed everything they can. Had some great sequence where Christopher Daniels hit his own finishers. Nearly picked up a victory like two times. And then, after three uh, moves on the rope, Hangman Page hits a boxer lariat and pins Kenny, uh, pins Frankie Kazarian. Throughout the match, I've been looking at Kenny Omega on commentary from time to time. And obviously, he expected to see Kenny Omega's happy face, thumbs up, maybe even coming up to him, uh, you know, praising him, putting him over. But instead, when Hangman hit a backshot lariat and had this 1 to 3, Kenny Omega immediately said, Well, thank you for this opportunity to, to talk on the commentary and see you on good night. He just goes away. Didn't even look at Hangman after he turned around. And then a couple seconds later, Hangman stands out at a great but very hard-hitting match. Looks around and sees no Kenny. And even though he won, he feels a little bit lost. He doesn't feel like a loser, but visually he feels miserable. Because he's drinking alone, there's no one to cheer him up. And he just feels miserable. And that was brilliant. I'm telling you, this story is the best thing in wrestling right now. No doubt from me. Then we had basically a one second squash match between MJF and John Dean. After MJF just cuts a promo where he says that he shouldn't have lost this match because obviously John Moxley cheated. He is the victory. He is uncrowned, undisputed world champion. But he also says very interesting thing that you need to be in a pack. You need to be in the group that it seems like appearing every single week. There is a new group of people. There is a new tag team in AW Dynamite. And he says maybe it's time for him to join some team. And you know what? That can be a very interesting story to tell that none of the team actually want to have MJF and MJF actually looking towards maybe joining in a circle or having some banter between him and Chris Jericho once again. I'm looking forward to see when it goes because I don't think he will be in a team for long enough, but I think maybe a couple of weeks to make him do something rather than just stay and do absolutely nothing, beat some jobbers, would be actually good for him. So, yeah, put him in a team, then break up, and make them feud against each other for a little bit. Can't work out. Maybe they have some bigger and better plans. 
I don't know, and I'm very intrigued to see what's going to happen. And then we had Eddie Kingston with Lucha Bros, Butcher and the Blade. They say, they saying that they are the family, the, that they are not normal family. They are the Chaos family. And instead of going to a uh, psychiatrist or to the restaurant so they can forgive their own mistakes, they are fighting. So they beat up some people from the crowd, absolutely destroying them. Eddie Kingston just laugh at them saying you have nice hair goodbye or some other shit like this and he's basically saying that we are the best teams we are the best wrestlers in AEW we need to sort of shit together once again he once again says that he was never eliminated from the casino battle royal and he says that uh butcher no blade that blade needs to sort things out in his family Again, very interesting to see, to see what's going to happen in the future because obviously they're hinting uh, the fact that Bunny or Ellie or whatever her name is in real life um, left Butcher and the Blade for no obvious reason. Now she's with QT Marshall and Brandy Rhodes, but she's not now. So maybe they're finally going to explain some shit. Maybe they finally do something. Hopefully that's the case. I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen in the future. That was not a bad segment. I felt that was a little repetitive because obviously uh, Eddie Kingston is a great promo and he said some cool uh, and fun stuff when they were beating up some jobbers. But overall, him saying that he was never eliminated, him saying that they need to sort the shit out, it was a little bit repetitive. So it was good, but if that thing wasn't on the show you wouldn't really miss it. Then we had Chris Jericho and Jake Hager versus Private Party. They won, but surprisingly, Chris Jericho took a lot of um, bumps in this match, trying to put over Private Party. You know, bumping for Isaiah, bumping for Mark Wayne like crazy. Obviously, they won after only hitting uh, Isaiah Cassidy with a bad in his leg, and then hitting a code breaker and putting him in the submission, putting him in the walls of Jericho. Again, surprisingly, very con- very convincing, you can say, victory for Chris and Hager, but also very good for Private Party because after the match, Chris Jericho tried to attack Isaiah Cassidy once again, but Mark Wen came out and helped his partner uh, performing a great pallet kick. And Chris Jericho needed to run away. He was in shock. He was in disbelief. And he was wobbling around. So he sold every single offense. And this one after the match like crazy. So obviously now knowing what happened next week. They are not done. But when it just happened. That was really cool. Not gonna lie. Then we had Thunder Rosa against Ivelisse for the NWA women's title. Uh, that was a good match, I'm not gonna lie to you. The beginning was sloppy, botchy, but it seems like it's every single Ivelisse match you're gonna see some botches or some miscommunication at the very beginning of the match. 
but then it picked up and man it was again great showcase for both women if not you know again Frankie Kazarian Hangman Page match and the main event this easily could have been the match of the night for a lot of dynamites I would actually say for quite a few dynamites let's put it like this now knowing that they had some heat or some miscommunication behind the scenes where Thunder Rosa wanted to put over NWA title as something massive, as something actually prestigious. And because of this, she was hard-hitting, she was actually put in a real fight nearly from time to time. Ivelisse took it as, you know, that she's not good enough, she's some chump. And she decided to backfire with her own fist, sometimes no-selling some offense from Thunder Rosa, or sometimes just hitting her really hard-hitting punches. But hopefully they made up, hopefully it's not going to continue some behind-the-scenes banter, because we don't need this, we need to see some great wrestling and some actual communication behind the scenes. But again... There was a very good match, and after the match, um, Ivelisse and Diamante started to attack Thunder Rosa, but Hikaru Shida came out, the, she was in the crowd, she helped out Thunder Rosa, and she looked at the NWA women's title, and then gave it to Thunder Rosa, possibly teasing that they are their feud is not over, and they might face now for the NWA, women's championship and then maybe they were gonna have a unification or match for both titles which can be a possibility but I don't think this is gonna be the case just because I'm not sure they are ready to do this type of stuff with NWA on the other hand right now NWA don't do any shows and they not going to do any shows until 2021, so it's going to be an opportunity to put over NWA title and constantly put it over on national television. So, again, we will see in the future. Uh, we had some promo with Kip Sabian and Mira, who was uh, lifting some weights. Uh, they are saying that we're not just playing hard, we also work hard. Uh, Kip Sabian says something about the match, and Miro looked pumped. He was like, match? What match? I'm ready to destroy. And then they obviously were like, okay, yeah, we're at first going to do the bachelor party. We're going to have the best bachelor party of all times, and they're going to have fun. So, sure. Then we had a very good segment between Lance Archer and Jake the Snake and Tass. Uh... Jake the Snake and Let's Come Out, they got a promise saying that at the 14th of October, at the anniversary show, they gonna do the impossible for some people. They gonna beat the living shit out of John Moxley and they gonna win the AW World Championship. That's why, you know... He won this battle royal. That's why they don't care about Eddie Kingston whining. And that's why they need to find two tag team partners. Because next week, they're going to have a six-man tag team match. Between Lance Archer and two partners of his choosing. Versus John Mox and two partners of his choosing. 
and they and Jake the Snake Roberts decided to choose Tasmaniacs, the FTW squad. Tas came out and cut a very good promo that actually put over the future possibility for the main championship very well. He said that it's all business, there's no emotions, they will help out Lance Archer to beat John Mox and his squad next week, but because of their relationship, when Lance Archer will win the world title, then Brian Cage will be the first contender, the first man to get the title shot. And Lance Archer is absolutely fine with this. But then John Mox's music hits, he comes out, cuts a promo, well, trying to cut a promo, but he immediately gets jumped by Ricky Stars and Brian Cage. They beat him up, put a security guard over the rails, state over the rails, uh, throw John Mox into the box, and then Will Hobbs come out, tries to help out John Mox. Actually, does it. He comes out with the chair, swings, hits Brian Cage once or twice, tries to hit them again, but Ricky starts smart. Boy decided to run away with Brian Cage so they would be in a safe position. And after this, John Mockley cuts incredible promo, putting over Will Hobbs like, This is the maniac, this is a hard hitting motherfucker, and he will be your ass next week. And you know what? We need another partner. So, Darby Allen, come up to Jacksonville next week. Bring your ass here and let's go to war. That was incredible, you know. There was a promo, there was a segment that immediately put over Will Hobbs and immediately made me invested into the next week's match. Something that a lot of shows can struggle with hyping up something that is not necessarily going to be that big of a deal. And unfortunately, as we now know, it was never meant to be this match to happen. But then we had the best thing on the show, possibly one of the best things on Dynamite, definitely the best thing on Dynamite since uh, Cody and Brody match, without a doubt. It was private, uh, it was uh, best friends versus Santana and Artsis in a parking lot fight. And you know, some people were skeptical, some people were uh, maybe worried. Maybe not interested that much, but holy fuck, that was one of the best matches of the year so far. It was hard-hitting, it was bloody, it was innovative, it was everything you want to see, but they didn't cross the line where it would be actually hard to watch for casual viewers. That was brilliant. They were surrounded by cars, and they used some of them a lot, uh... Beating Ortiz with the back of a car, with the front of a car, you know, pulling a Santone and uh, near a Swanton bomb, you know, from the top of a car to the uh, front of the car where Ortiz was laying, throwing hammer into the windshield, and you know, one second too early, that looks very fake. One second too late, it's a near death situation. But it was a perfect timing, and they had so many great moments. All of them were bleeding towards the end of the match. 
they were going through some wood shields, they were going through some doors, they were going through some back of the car again, Trent's had definitely suffered a lot, they they hit it Swanton from uh, no four, five star frog splash from top of the car to another top of the car. They hit a power bomb on top of the car. Ortiz performed it on uh, Trent, and then they performed double power bomb into the car's uh, window. Trent's back was full on bleeding. That was insane, you know. So many moments that you would feel like, holy shit, is this the best parking lot match ever? Is this one of the best hardcore matches I've seen in years? And it's probably yes to every single one of them. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you, that was incredible. I was a big fan of this match. It was something that I really enjoyed, something that I really do like. And it didn't really look scripted, you know, in a way that, yeah, when I first watched, I've seen Trent uh, pulling something out from his tape, trying to, uh, you know, blade his elbow or part of his arm so it would bleed. But you immediately forget about this when he got put through a window's car uh, from car. You get the point. <laughs> it was insane. And the match ended when... Orange Cassidy came out from the back of a car, hit a, a Superman punch with a chain on the fist, and best friends performed two pilot drivers on a car and on a wood shield in a car to pin uh, Ortiz, if I right remember, or Santana, it doesn't matter. Best friends are victorious in an incredible match. And then Sue, trans mom, comes up in her new van, uh, pick them up, and of course, before she's gonna ride off, she flips them off, and they ride off into the sunset. That was brilliant, once again, one of the best dynamites in, I don't want to say a long time, but it was really a great episode of Dynamite. It was great, there was enough humor, there was enough promos well actually in comparison to other great editions of dynamites i would say there was not a lot of promos barely any storyline continuation in a promo or segments way but one of the best episode probably the best episode of 2020 when it comes to wrestling you know matches were incredible every single match could have been the match of the night in the, any other show you know, any other Dynamite, uh, Frankie Kazarian, Hangman Page, uh, Thunder Rosa, Ivelisse, is your match of the night, but or FTR versus Jurassic Express. But they were all in this one show, and it was flipping great. So, yeah, they put over 845,000 viewers uh, going head-to-head with NXT that the an NXT pool around 690,000 uh, viewers, I want to say. So, very good numbers for Dynamite running once again uh, with NXT. And it set up a very intriguing show that happened next week. Well, today 
and they also announced late night uh, Tuesday edition of Dynamite that happened right after NBA playoffs. So in the next episode, I'm gonna talk about those two shows in one kind of big podcast. And uh, also maybe tomorrow, maybe, maybe probably tomorrow you're gonna hear, or maybe today. I'm not. I'm not sure. You're gonna hear me finally talking about Chelsea Liverpool and maybe some other matches from the Premier League. So once again, it's a very stacked episode, very stacked day for me personally, and I'm very glad that I finally got it off my chest. I finally talked about those two editions of Dynamite that I thought were great, uh, were very fun and very good, and I can't wait to talk about other stuff as well. So those two episodes you should Definitely expect AW and Chelsea Liverpool. Maybe something about NXT. It's going to be a quick summarizing of three weeks of build. Something I like, something I didn't like. Uh, why I didn't like some certain stuff. Maybe this will come out. I will not promise you anything, but you can expect this if I'm not going to be lazy and if I'm going to have some free time. So once again, thank you for listening and hear you soon.